This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. As you know, Bonnie Mathias and I do a Workers Beat talk show every Saturday, 9 o'clock, KNON.org, 89.3 FM in Dallas, Texas. We reach nine counties around the city of Dallas. And since it's a talk show, we have a lot of callers. I like the callers. They, they have a lot of insights, and it's very good. But every week, I end up with a couple of pages of notes that I don't get to use. I accumulate those notes every week as I read different news stories that go by my desk or by my computer. This is going to be kind of a catch-up for me to read some of the ones that I didn't get to read because I'm always looking for news that has an impact on the struggle between the bosses and the employees. One time we had a caller who said that we were the darkest hour on radio. And I guess that's because so much bad news was coming in about workers and about workers' causes and about the civil rights movement and things like that. So I try to find a little bit of good news every week. Here's what I found recently. United Airline Pilots got a new contract and they got up to 40.2% raises in a four-year contract. So that's 10% a year. The Southwest Airline Pilots who are here in Dallas remain the only pilots that haven't gotten anything since the pandemic. That was in Bloomberg News and repeated in the Dallas paper. Here's one from the Dallas paper that I really liked. The City of Dallas and Workforce Solutions Greater Dallas, a quasi-governmental and nonprofit organization, which by the way, I used to be on the board of this, they help employers find qualified candidates and they have joined forces to develop a pilot program to launch in October where in all likelihood, Workers will be able to register with the city and get assistance as they engage with contractors at two mobile centers. Now, this is something I advocated for back when I was on the board of Workforce Solutions. Didn't get very far with it. It had been experimented with here and there around the country to set up little places where gig workers, day workers, day laborers, could come and try to get a little bit of help on getting work and make sure that they get paid for it. Because a lot of times they work sometimes as long as a week and then get stiffed. One reason is cause so many of them are undocumented workers and they're afraid to apply for justice. According to the article, the city has allocated $432,000 for the projects, which would have a coordinator and two repaired mobile units, according to City Council member Jesse Moreno. By the way, that's somebody that we endorsed, our Dallas Central Labor Council endorsed in the last race. Moreno has been working with the two entities to promote and get funding for the initiative. So what will it do? Well, we have all these undocumented workers here in Dallas standing around on street corners. 
they know which street corners and the contractors know which street corners. Contractor will drive up, show maybe three fingers and say, you, you, and you. Sometimes he knows them, sometimes they know him. Most of the time, nobody knows anyone. People get in his truck and he takes them off and works their butts off for the day. And then maybe they'll get paid. With the city of Dallas doing it, I just imagine that they'll do what I would have done, which is take a picture of the license plate of that contractor as soon as he drives up. That way you can run him down, you can make him pay under the Texas payday law. So this is pretty good news. I like good news and I found, you know, a couple of other ones. One is the labor upsurge continues to grow in America as 75,000 healthcare workers plan a strike. That was in the people's world. It's Kaiser Permanente. It's a, there are a lot of healthcare workers, 75,000 of them. I think it's a limited strike. It's only four days or five days or something like that. But it just shows that the upsurge in labor is going on. They're inspired by the writer's strike, which just settled successfully. They're inspired by the SAG-AFTRA, the actor's strike, which is still raging with 150 or 160,000 people. And they're inspired by the auto workers strike, which so far has only put 25,000 people on strike, but they're trying to get contracts for 150,000 or so. And here's my last good one, followed by a really, really bad one. England is raising its minimum wage national minimum wage from $12.70 up to $13.40. That's the good news. The bad news is that in America, it's still $7.25, barely half of what they get in England. Unfortunately, all of our minimum wage workers will not be able to move to England. So we're going to have to continue the fight here. Now to get to some of the points that are going on, some of the things that are happening that are important in Texas. Texas Public Education Board members and superintendents do not want school vouchers in Texas. School vouchers means that they're going to take public money, our tax money, and give it to Catholic schools and other kinds of schools that are run by private entities or by churches. So the fact that the public education board members and superintendents who are the bosses don't want vouchers is very good because I can guarantee you none of the employees wants them. And we usually follow the school employees, the teachers and cafeteria workers, school bus drivers and all that, who are trying desperately to stop vouchers in Texas. Here's the bad news. Governor Greg Abbott says Texas has to have school vouchers. And that was in the Dallas newspaper. There will be a rally Saturday in Austin. It's not in the paper anywhere. I got that from the Texas AFL-CIO. And the, the theme for the rally is save our schools. My friend Lou Luckhart, who is the principal officer of our Dallas AF of LCIO, is organizing transportation. It's just carpools 
we don't have the money for buses or anything. But we're sending people, if, if we can get anybody, to go to Austin for the rally to save our schools. Meanwhile, our allies in the teachers union, or we call it the teachers union, even though they've got a lot of other school employees, the educators union, they are signing people up to do substitute teaching. I signed up. I don't know if they're going to let me do it or not, because I haven't been in a classroom in, let's see, 44 years. But I used to be a teacher, and I still have an elementary school teaching license. So they might let me substitute. Now, why are they finding all these people to sign up for substitute teaching? The reason is because they want to take the teachers down to Austin to lobby during that special session that Governor Greg Abbott has called for October the 9th to force through vouchers. They have been trying to get vouchers through the Texas legislature for as long as I can remember. It's failed every year. It failed again this year. There's a very good reason for it. A lot of legislators come from out in the country. In those rural areas, the school is often the main employer in the entire district. So they don't want vouchers out there in the rural areas that the Republicans depend on for their support. But Governor Abbott wants it. No telling who's funding all this, but I'm certain, even though nobody else has got the courage to say it, I'm certain that the Catholic Church is the major supporter for this idea of school vouchers because they have been wanting tax money to pay for their religious schools for a long, long, long time. So we're signing up people in Dallas for substitute teaching so that we can take the place of the teachers so they can go to Austin to lobby against school vouchers. My town is Dallas. And oddly enough, the two major national strikes have only manifested themselves in Dallas. The SAG-AFTRA local is headquartered here in Dallas. The only two UAW locals in Texas that are on strike are within 20 minutes of downtown Dallas. So we are the center of the strike movement in Texas. And it is my mission to try to make sure that the whole state gets involved in winning these struggles. Today I went out and picketed in Carrollton, Texas, and I was delighted to see that my counterpart, the president of the Tarrant County AF of LCIO, was also there. We shook hands and picketed together and made some plans for working together. I was also delighted to see that the president of the State Federation, the Texas AF of LCIO, President Rick Levy, was there marching with us. The executive secretary of Tarrant County AFL-CIO pretty much organized all of us to be there. 
That's Angie De Filippo, an expert on solidarity with the union movement. I talked with Cleo Wynn, the president of UAW Local 2360, yesterday morning, and we outlined some plans to try to get the whole state to buy in to winning these strikes. We had a number of ideas. The first one is the easy one, more online outreach. I told President Wynn that I could do a statewide webinar and that it would be easy to do. This morning he said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it next Tuesday, six o'clock. So that's the plan. Next Tuesday, six o'clock, a webinar on how to win the strikes in Texas coming out of Dallas. And it's appropriate that it be coming out of Dallas because this is where the strikes are centered as far as the great state of Texas is concerned. The next thing I wanted to do was have people actually meet the strikers. I want the strikers to be emissaries at other meetings. So I invited them to the Texas Alliance for Retired Americans meeting, which is tomorrow. I invited them to the Dallas AFL-CIO meeting, which is October 19th at 7.30 p.m. And I'm going to try to get more unions and more AFL-CIO, Central Labor Councils, to invite them to come. I also have a plan to get someone to interview the strikers and publish it on, so, on social media, like a picture of so-and-so, which is the daughter of striker so-and-so, and he's lived in that area for 12 years, and he's been working in this plant for four years, and uh, they're doing just fine, or maybe they're not doing just fine. But, you know, finding out the personal human side of the story for each of them. I think this can be done. I think it's gonna be fairly easy I already have somebody in mind to do the interviews. I think I can get food for the strikers. I think we can get food through the food bank. And even if we can't, I think we can get different unions to provide food. When I first called up the bakers and confectioners, when the strike first started, I asked them for a list of materials that people could buy that would make good snacks that they could have on the picket line. Well, he never did give me the list. Instead, he asked me for the addresses of the places that they're picketing, and then he started showing up with treats made by the Bakers and Confectioners Union, bought by the Bakers and Confectioners Union, and delivered by the Bakers and Confectioners Union. I think we can do a lot more of that. I think we can get union locals to hold barbecues. On the way home from the picket line today, I mentioned this to Lou Luckhart, the principal officer of the Dallas AFL-CIO. And before we got to my house, he had already picked a date, November 21st. He'd already picked a place. He said he would work out the details and we're gonna hold a barbecue honoring these strikers because we have the sag after strikers and the UAW strikers centered on us here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I also said that we might be able to get people 
to buy grocery coupons through the Kroger grocery stores. Kroger has gift coupons for groceries. Now, it's not such a great idea to buy people food because you never know what they want. You never know what their kids will eat. You don't know how it's going to be kept until it's properly distributed. But you can buy these little food coupons, give them to the president of the union or whatever committee they've set up, and they can distribute them as needed and as wanted, and people will not go hungry. I also asked President Cleo Wynn if he might be able to get some strikers to go to other people's activities, like the march, or rather, like the rally in Austin this Saturday for the school employees. If there were a couple of UAW strikers there or some SAG after strikers there with their signs, I think it would be a big hit. I think it would show a lot of union solidarity. I think it's a great idea. I also think that some of these unions might buy some new t-shirts and hats for the strikers because they don't necessarily have the latest wearables. In fact, the UAW 2360 strikers that I was with today were wearing their old union t-shirts that they've had for some time. They don't have any new ones that say strike in 2023 or anything like that. And I believe that a lot of unions who buy hats and, and t-shirts all the time would be willing to buy some for them. So that's an idea. And the final idea, which I went over with Cleo Wynn, was to do a state tour. Take a couple of strikers, a couple of UAW strikers, a couple of SAG-AFTRA strikers, maybe somebody from the Young Active Labor Leaders, maybe somebody from the Texas Alliance for Retired Americans, and put them on tour. Let them go to other people's meetings around the whole state and meet with people, make new friends, find new ways to win, and let other people have a chance to buy into this because the strikes mean a lot to the whole state. They mean something to the whole union movement. The whole union movement should have some way of relating to it and helping them win. It's a victory for all of us when they win, so we should do all we can to make that happen. That's what I talked Cleo Wynn about, and when I saw him today, he said, I like all of those ideas. Let's do them. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.